What is a startup? It is an enterprise that is bridging a gap or bringing up a new way of experiencing life. Industry meant bringing up factories and produce large scale for mass consumption. But the demand today is to create structures, synergies and systems that create contribution through collaboration. Startups are caught in the frenzy of becoming unicorns and this is being fueled by the venture capital industry. If this were not a predominant trend, one could just ignore it. But this is the mainstay that is exhausting the available capital in the market. And guess who suffers? The real issues that are threatening our societies are not being addressed with the priority and urgency they deserve. It is not that the venture capital industry is not aware. There is no incentive to stoke the ember right now as there is enough to cook a meal and eat it. There is this great gold rush to make people consume more and more. Everything else can wait. Each investor have their own definition of what early stage is, but venture capital investment is meant for the earliest of stages in the life cycle of a startup. But their risk assurance models cannot visualize conceptualization and engineering. They scream about bringing much more than money, but there is a general lack of understanding on industry, domain and technology. This is a universal problem where the instruments of finance and capital are muddled in rhetoric more than the transformation. And societies are on the precipice of an implosion waiting for solutions to solve their existential threats. A glaring problem that stares in the face of financial capital is the inability of the startups to articulate their ideas and concepts that must be at the sweet spot of the intersection of value, intellectual and human capital, where capital must be employed as the sum that fuels growth. In this episode, we explore the state of the venture capital industry from an India perspective through the lens of Ninath Karpe, who is an industry veteran coming to 100XVC after retiring at Aptech. He is a senior partner with 100XVC who are among the first to offer investment through safe notes and participate in the earliest of stages which is ideation and conceptualization of a startup. He is an avid theater aficionado and a sought after thought leader. I would like to start this conversation with your journey into the world of startups. Glad to have this conversation with you. Uh, you know, startups happened uh, as a lot of things in my life uh, by accident. Uh, I was uh, done with my corporate career around, uh, I think, seven years back. Then I wrote a book on business strategies called Born to Baba. That took me a couple of years. And then I met Sanjay, Sanjay Mehta. He's a, uh, I've known him for 15, 20 years. He's from the IT industry. And uh, he was, he has been a serial investor in his individual capacity as a startup angel investor. And we wanted to create uh, an institution where we fund a lot of startups, early stage startups. I think uh, what you want to focus on is uh, very early, when not many people, institutions are willing to touch. And uh, obviously we got inspirations from some famous uh, success stories 
in the West and we decided let's do it. Our intention was to fund 100 uh, early stage startups. First check, concept stage, uh, untested, high risk, no one wants to touch. Uh, we said let's do it. So we formed a fund and uh, that's how we started. Uh, it's been three years now. Uh, we funded 80 so far. Our intention was always to fund 100 every year. Of course, COVID happened and then in that COVID years, you know, as usual, we took a little bit of pause, so we funded only nine. So the journey started by accident and I'm so happy to be part of this, uh, to meet young folks every day, to meet new ideas every day. Uh, it is by accident, but I wish I had done this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was the accident actually? Uh, I met Sanjay, you know, he is, I, you know, I, I was done with my Aptech stint. I wrote a book and, uh, you know, I also wanted to, uh, to start uh, supporting creativity in some form. So obviously I started uh, supporting Marathi Theatre. And then we met, uh, you know, a couple of times. Then he said, this is my idea. You want to start a fund? And we got going. So it wasn't as if we planned, okay, let's meet. You know, this is uh, something I want you to do. And we got chatting and he had this thought of making it into an institution. This very early stage funding should be institutionalized. And that's not easy uh, because, you know, it's, uh, as an institution to invest in very early stage uh, requires a lot of courage. As an individual, you can do it. Right. You are able to take this high risk. But to form a fund and have a fund in, invest in very early stage. That's how we got chatting. He had experience of... Uh, uh, you know, he had invested in a lot of startups in his individual capacity. I had this uh, amount of experience in bu building businesses and uh, we thought it's a good idea to uh, get together. So then five of us got together and uh, three years back uh, we started this one. So the accident was, you know, Sanjay meeting me. There are various stages of funding. They call it pre-seed, then you call seed. Then you call the series A, B, and it is endless. Okay. I want to focus on the state or the stage where you have taken position, which is the pre-seed. So generally, so these uh, definitions are a little bit nebulous. Uh, you know, there's no kind of hard line. So you have uh, series A, then you have pre-series A. Then you have, you know, seed, you have pre-seed, you know, angel. So, uh, I mean, so the early stage normally is from seed stage, which is the first possible uh, funding. So we say we are even before that, we are pre-seed. Uh, to generally, uh, from angel to around pre-series A. Series A generally is a time when uh, uh, the big guys of VCs who are, you know, uh, proper VC fund, as in who fund uh, uh, startups with, some traction, let me put it this way. Uh, once a startup has a traction, there's something to show. So suppose you have revenues, you have you know so many customers, you have downloads, you have daily active users. So there's something to analyze. At the very early stage, there's nothing to analyze, just an idea and the person with an idea. So we have actually funded some startups. I can give names like Pocketly as an example. These kids uh, were last year of college, they came with an idea. They didn't even have a product. And they said, this is the product we're going to build and we gave them uh, money. So that's really early. So early would be up to, let's say, before Series A or up to Series A. 
Now that's a fairly, you know, pretty long period of time and the mortality is very high in that. Some say it's high as 95%, 99%. It could be that range. But the mortality is very high because, you know, the concept is not proven. You know, significant large investors are not probably wanting to invest in unproven concept. They say, let us wait. And they're right, you know, because these are funds they manage. So even we manage a fund. So we, but we are, our thesis is different. So when you say early, it's up to that stage, which can be, let's say, uh, two years, it can be three to four years also, you know, a startup journey. If it is longer than that, the risk of mortality is higher. If you're not able to raise money uh, from the start of your idea, uh, when you're thinking it, you know, at least the first round within 18, 24 months, whatever amount, and then the significant round within, let's say, four years, I think it's, uh, you know, just too long a period. Someone else will come up with the idea. Today, no idea is unique, Subha, as you are aware. You know? yeah. <laughs> All ideas are there. There is yeah. very few ideas who are totally unique. And I can talk about some of the ideas you funded. Uh, so early is that stage. So in that stage, uh, we are the first stage. There are people in the last stage of that early stage. Value has five dimensions. It's not just the economic value. How do you evaluate the other four, which is the functional value, the brand value, the lifetime value, the emotional value, which then actually contributes to an economic value? So at our <laughs> stage, all these four items are in the future. Is it an illusion? The answer is no. Is it, we look at the art of possible. Is it possible? If we think the founder is capable of doing it and the idea is good and it's possible, we go ahead. You know, it's a very simple philosophy, so simple that you might say, you know, this is not true. All our decisions, my decisions, finally to fund, are on a simple philosophy. Generally, when anyone gives money, uh, and it's traditionally the case, and that's how we have seen it, is they look at, okay, what can go wrong? So you're investing in a new phone or, you know, new idea for a SaaS product. What can go wrong? And you start saying, if this goes wrong, I should have this backup to recover my money. We think exactly the opposite. I say, what can go right? Now, you're flipping it totally. It may sound simplistic, but that just changes the whole dynamics. Uh, if we invest in this competitive market, and if it goes right, this could be a big company. If you think what can go wrong, you know, I can't take any decision. Does a startup bring you the maturity in terms of a hypothesis? For that hypothesis, you must have an investment thesis. And th that must be the first match. Right. The second match then happens to be that, okay, that thesis, can it be modeled? That is an experiment, right. which is basically a proof of concept or a proof of success. How do we take, uh, involve customers and immerse them upfront to something that is fundamentally new that they have never experienced? For example, you talk about this product. Correct. This is one of your startups. <laughs> yeah, true, true. This is Kerala banana chips. The taste of Kerala banana. I come from Kerala. I know what a Kerala banana chip is. 98% of the country doesn't know it. True. So how do you extend this engagement and experience 
is essentially what now you're looking at. True. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let, let me speak for two minutes on this Kerala Banana Chips. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, so, it gives an example. This kid, Manas, is an MBA graduate from Symbiosis. So, he had a, you know, possibly a good corporate career ahead of him. He went back to Kerala and he said he wants to do Kerala Banana Chips. Now, he, one would say the man is, uh, you know, gone off because you've done a damn good MBA. You want to do a product which is so competitive. You walk down the road in Kerala, in Bombay also, you'll get hundreds of guys doing uh, banana chips. Yes. But he was so determined, he you know, found Nindran Bananas. He said, I'll be the first guy to do uh, chips, tasty chips, healthy chips, compared to you know, potato ch uh, chips and wafers. And untouched by hand hygienics. And he came to us, I think around 20 months back, so the, again, the thesis for us was, yes, there's a lot of competition in this. But if it grows right, can this become a large company with focusing only on banana chips? Now, it seems so impossible an idea, but again, my thought process was, if it goes right, it can become a big company, large company, because people want an alternative to uh, potato chips. I like chips, but if I've got a potato chips and Kerala banana chips, my hand should go here, not there. And I want something hygienic. I want it available easily. Uh, we funded him, you know, as usual, we fund, uh, put the first check. Uh, and uh, he was, I think, uh, 20 months back, just uh, 2 lakhs of revenue. He's touching nearly 3 crores every month. The beauty, Subhu, is the entire model we change. You know, the distribution model traditionally is, you know, general uh, trade, a modern trade, you know. He said, no, let's go online. So even now, 70, 75% of his sales are online. And he's available only one or two cities offline. So these are, so there is, the innovation in this is go-to-market. The innovation in this is, of course, see, fundamentally, any food product, as you all know, taste is very critical. Right. If it's not tasty, it's not going to, you do whatever you want. Right. Uh, so, in th this is a great example of how people like us fund early ideas, which sound crazy, you know, right. when we fund it. How can you uh, fund an idea which is banana chips? There's hundreds of them. But we felt that this is a, has a potential. Uh, we are hoping on in whatever, two, three years' time, it will become a 100 crore band. And the way it's going, I'm sure it will. So this is a difference between the other uh, thing. Now, at that point, uh, could we have imagined that this will become a large brand? We just, you know, there is no traction at our stage to figure out that it will become or not become. The guy doesn't have too many, too much sales to uh, give us conviction that, yes, yes, you know, he's on a path. So we go by our own conviction, thinking that looking forward five years down the line, can this become a large brand? Can this guy execute? Is there a space and it can it grow? And that's how we funded this guy. The entire business of Google, or today what we call Alphabet, was based on the function of data abstraction. You have that maturity of understanding a complex theory like this. There are a lot of uh, ventures out there that do not enter the gate because the gatekeepers don't have an idea of this big picture. So I would uh, tend to agree with you in somewhat and also, you know, give a little bit more perspective on the challenges. So, 
So, I mean, uh, today there are two parts of it. I always keep saying that capital is chasing ideas. Today you don't need to have family money to start uh, and become even a founder of a unicorn. From very humble background with zero money, uh, if you get someone to back you, it's a significant change. You don't need to hypothecate your assets and all that thing is gone. So capital is truly chasing ideas. Uh, VCs are also wanting to ensure that they don't lose out on any good ideas. Uh, and they're also flooded with a lot of pitch decks. So it's a complex situation. Uh, let me tell you what we are doing at 100x to you know, uh, ensure that we don't uh, it doesn't, any idea does not get filtered. And let me also tell you a general statistics. Uh, a founder needs to meet at least 65 meetings with VCs, 1 or 20 or 30 or 40. That's the global average before he or she can get funded. So if you have not been rejected 65 times, you are still below the global average. So people do get dejected, saying, Are you people not understanding? I have met 10 VCs and they have... So have you met 65? If you haven't, you still keep going. But that's the average, you know, it could be 100, it could be 10. Uh, I'll tell you what we do and then hopefully, you know, I'll talk about the industry as well. So we had, uh, with the 75th Independence Day, we said we will take 75 walk-in founders on, I think, 16th of August. First come, first serve. And after 75, we will, I'm sorry, and partners will meet you. So it's not, doesn't go through the route. And the way we are getting responses on LinkedIn, I said, my God, we're going to have much more. So around 300 the people landed at our co-working space. It was inundated. And, you know, we are so humbled. There are people coming from, uh, you know, Delhi. One guy came from Tripura. They said his walk-in is there, so I've come all the way. And it took time, it took till 10, 11 at night, but we met each and every person. I'll now tell you what we do and I'll share my our secret of 100x. Uh, all the pitches we come, we get roughly 20,000 every year, uh, 20, 25,000. Each and every one is seen at the first stage also, we ask them to send a video pitch of three minutes and a pitch deck and the website and, you know, details, there's a form. Uh, it's not too extensive. Each and every, at the first stage, is seen either by Sanjay or me. Can you imagine? So, so either Sanjay sees the whole thing and then he filters and takes my view, or I see it, mostly it's Sanjay. Uh, and then we, if we both agree that this has to go to the next step, then the analyst calls them. Now we've flipped it over there. That means we are damn busy here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think uh, um, I think you actually revealed uh, uh, something uh, that even I did not know. So, yeah. so, so no one knows. So I'm telling you first time on your show, right. on this podcast. Right. Uh, so we have done, we do this, and if you're rejected, you know it means that both of us feel, and it, see at our stage, it's not necessarily something which has got a track record. There's a lot of intuition. There's a lot of. Uh, you know, gut feel. So it's not necessary. Suppose you have given a pitch deck to 100x and they have said, no, it doesn't mean your idea is bad. It's just that at that stage, uh, we felt that we will not do it. And in fact, Subhu, we also tell people that once you're rejected, doesn't mean no. 
you can always come back six to nine months with an update and send a pitch deck again. Right. See, the other guys don't handle these kind of volumes except for one or two maybe. So it's not the problem is not so complex. You know, to handle twenty to thirty thousand pitch decks every year is a significant volume. So if you're handling, let's say, two thousand, five thousand, or maybe you know, couple of hundred, uh, it could be a slightly simpler problem. Uh, so you know, from the outside, you get a feeling that most of them go through the analyst. I can tell you from the inside, hundred x, we don't do it that way. Although the first call when we say yes will come from the analyst. So if you're an analyst, you've seen it, but I've shared a secret. Right. So I don't know how others operate, but yes. uh what happens is the first point of contact let me put it differently always the analyst now is that now should i and ms me and sanjay call up the answer is not possible so that's how it works how are you seeing the development of digital in the perspective of investment because that is the future whatever investments we do have to be digital in nature so true subhu i mean you've articulated so well uh, today if uh, and irrespective of age uh, you know if you say i am digitally illiterate you know proudly people used to say i used to tell them you know i'll issue a death issue you a death certificate <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer alive yes uh, so irrespective of age my dad he passed away but at age 85 i learned computers and you know, all that stuff and so my uh, you have to do it so that's become such a basic uh, no requirement we've gone much further you know we are now in the metaverse so we are seeing uh, uh startups which are targeting you know doing products for metaverse which is way ahead of digital and uh, there is nothing which can happen today without impact of digital nothing no right. product or service it's not possible uh so you have to you know you can't survive without it so for us as a fund uh, we are constantly looking at uh, what next can happen so your podcast of the future you know what is going to happen next everything what is the next in this uh, field and the impact of digital is now given now we are looking at you know the next stages of web3 metaverse and all of those uh, technologies how are they going to impact uh, livelihood how are they going to impact uh, consumption and by definition how are they going to impact uh, startups and our funding process so yes you know this is really the base digital five things which has always been the case and which will continue to be except that digital has the ability to draw data out of those five things the first one is data itself sure for example i take this product the first data about this product is nutrition true why nutrition because then it gives me the peg of how do i connect my consumer with the creator True. or the farm to the folk to that i consume nutritious food at all times that is data which means now it is just not the data of the creator the data of the consumer as well so they need to fuse true in information technology you matched which is the most product or service according to you that has accomplished returns on 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 revenue in the it is world can you think about it uh 
From the Indian perspective? It has no, from, from a global perspective. Global. Yeah. I can, I'll, I'll lighten this mood for you. Sure, sure. It's pornography. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing has rivaled the return on investments. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, now that you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, out of, it's and the most watched. Most, ex yeah. Exactly, right? Uh, and out of that has emerged uh, the dating apps. We are now connecting a consumer and a creator True. through data. The next thing that comes is talent. You want to glocalize this. Right. I need to have somebody be able to fry banana chips wherever. The, the third part, Locally. which is really the materials. Sure. What materials you use. This is produced out of palm oil. There may be consumers who are okay with palm oil, but there may be consumers who are not okay with palm oil. Again, local cultures, local tastes. I know that 98% of Indians do not like the flavor of coconut oil. True. Similarly, 98% of Indians don't like mustard oil. True. So there are these two percentages and this is now becoming the global factor. Right? So materials that you use. The fourth one, which is really capital. But this capital is not the money that you are putting into the business. What is the value? The value is in nutrition. True. And then what is the intellectual capital? Is the innovation in food products to social relevance. And the human capital, which is the capability to be able to perform digitally. Right now, the entire production process, acquisition process, and uh, uh, distribution process is mainly offline. But it is only becoming online for sales and marketing. How can we bring this entire thing into a common digital infrastructure? Now, this is the future. True. Five things. Data, talent, uh, materials, value, and infrastructure. Right. No, very well put. So, very well put. So, you know, uh, I think um, uh, it's just not the money which you put in. Uh, we try to think of what can happen so we are thinking what can happen can this become a big brand and then uh, you know based uh, today experience you might say is overhyped uh, but still counts uh, you it's not that uh, it's for nothing and these uh, you know founders who come based on how we have seen uh, businesses scale up and there are ways of doing business, you know, with all these five things that you mentioned. You can always do a good business, but it's not necessary that it's a startup business. In the startup world, we want businesses that scale right. rapidly. And all these five things that you mentioned, if they come together in a symbiotic manner, it can scale. But the thought process has to be different. Right. We call it a lifestyle business, right. a business which, uh, it's a good business, there's nothing wrong in it. But you are doing it basically to sustain a lifestyle, a family and you know, all of that. And you are not looking at 100% month-on-month growth, which is fine. So you, let's say, do a chip and you have a small store in Kerala or wherever. It's a lifestyle business. Might be you know, that good. But you are not looking at wanting to scale to 5 crores, 10 crores, 20 crores. Startup is, by definition, the thought process is scale or fail, by definition. But beneath all this, whatever five points you mentioned, all are very critical. All right. are very critical. 
So, you know, the, when you say nutrition, again coming back uh, to Kerala Banak, nutrition uh, is kind of always a main text because today outside of Kerala, I have uh, normal chips which are, you know, potato chips and I have banana chips and both should be easily available when I, see potato chips are available all across the country. Uh, now, I should have a choice of a healthier option. Right. It's definitely healthier. And then, of course, its taste is also good, so I should pick up that. So, nutrition is definitely the main thing. And then, of course, taste and everything. But from a buying perspective, a consumer looks at taste first. Nutrition is in his mind. Then taste, of course, is important. Right. But what you articulate, all five points are very critical. And they are the basis for success of a startup. Right. Web3.0 is fundamentally a human ecosystem not a financial ecosystem every human being has the ability has the power to change that structure today money is chasing ideas not the other way around it is about this data okay that needs to get connected and this is the whole secret sauce of digital true we don't see this happening not because in the alphabets and apples and amazons they don't have an incentive to connect this data. They're using the data in order to keep serving because they have a 98% audience, captive audience. True. True. There is no challenge. If you fall into the same bracket of business, you're competing. I mean, and 99% of the business today are competing. They're not innovating. If you're innovating, you will come from the other side of the spectrum. You will come from saying, let me serve an audience that I can take away from the Amazons and the alphabets and the uh, apples. But we don't see that. What is your perspective? I think you've raised a very, very deep uh, and significant uh, issue. Uh, what I see happening increasingly is there are two parts. First, let me say that the VC industry in India is still tiny uh, and nascent. Uh, so, you know, it's still a long way to go. Uh, we are just, you know, crossed 100 unicorns. Eh? And, uh, you know, we're just 80,000 registered startups. So, it's not a very large. It's going to grow. It's going to grow very rapidly. And then as it grows, you know, more and more people will come to fund it. I think uh, the significant thing which is happening and is happening as we meet more and more students from engineering and people with a coding background is... This data earlier was always required to be manipulated by individuals to suit your form factor. Okay. That is going to go away because of the you know, rapid adaption of AI. Uh, it, the engine will automatically you know, recommend to you, uh, you know, would you want to eat this? So the, the human element which has reduced will drop to zero. Once that drops to zero, it works on its own, it learns on its own, and it throws up suggestions on its own, which is happening now. But it will happen at such a rapid scale that personalization of the kind of food you want when you travel will just happen seamlessly. It is not happening seamlessly now because there is some element of intervention required at this point of time right. to extract and uh, you know then to kind of collate and put it together in a meaningful form uh, it's already happening fast so you know i think 
uh, what you say will be totally done away with uh, very very soon the problems which you narrated uh, it will just happen seamlessly the essence that you talk about is how do these people these new startups how do they scale from their customer universe they are not able to unify their customer universe how the venture capital industry sees this because without seeing this picture you cannot move to the future true so subu so the way we see it is that you know it's all in um, uh, whether as a student wanting to do a <clears throat> startup or you know let's say seasoned person so to say wanting to do uh, the diversity is so large that it's all in slice and dice kind of a uh, format would i say that you know just be beyond you know after iits you mentioned iits but let's say uh, vit or bits or you know even vjt in bombay or these students are not smart enough to uh, do a design pr- project of what you mentioned my answer is may not be you know i think that label gives a head start but beyond that uh, is what we need to see so in our world uh, one out of 100 will succeed you know that's a very low percentage uh, of success and when i say succeed means phenomenal success you know obviously 30 40% will succeed that's our hypothesis why would the balance fail is because they have none of the above as you know what you mentioned you know that ability to scale the ability to think beyond the box the ability to design products for global scale all of that is required uh, they don't and then uh, we feel you know education has nothing to do with this it's a good broad framework uh, which is there a good quality institution gives uh, you know beyond education a good network which is very important in this today's time it gives a good environment of think thought process how is she or he captured that to apply it is a different uh, you know point. that probably is not required in your success in your academic success but in your real life startup success it is certainly required all of this has to be applied in a design thinking format in a creativity format and that's only you know let's apply this not you know from let's say a business perspective let's say there are 100 people who want to become business people and all from very good institution why do only one or two or 20 or 30 because they are able to apply this in the real world mm-hmm. all of them have got the similar training but they are not able to apply it into the real world and that's the failing of the balance who are not uh, uh, you know who fail they are not able to do it and we see it all the time and that's why you know as uh, so uh, you know every vc depending on the stage has different role to play uh, you know at a later stage vc they have to figure out governance issues you know uh, esg issues all of that at our stage uh, you know it's so early that we have to figure out how to mentor these uh, young girls and boys to become uh, to grow a business which is scalable it's a different skill set so which we have to give them and that's something which we do constantly so the the, the short answer is i think uh, uh, education has its own set of issues and you know that's a different discussion in india but i get encouraged seeing the number of ideas people 
bring forth to us. That's a true sign of students and young and not so young people wanting to get into the startup world. If only one person is going to be phenomenally successful, that means 99% have not been able to apply their uh, knowledge to make it into really successful business. But there's no shortage of uh, ideas people want to take. That's a, a good sign. We are facing a huge crisis, financial crisis. How do you see the VC industry being effective in these circumstances? So, uh, you know, my view still holds that the VC industry for the size of the country and the number of ideas is still in a nascent stage. So there's still a lot of headroom to grow. Uh, and grow, uh, you know, properly. Uh, so the challenges of excessive debt, the challenges of growth, all these are there. So again, India is many Indias, you know, so it's, so it's very difficult sometimes to categorize saying this is a universal problem and uh, there is no potential for absorbing VC money or no potential for growth. Uh, there is always, let, let me talk about health, you know, insurance, you spoke about health tech and health uh, industry, uh, finance, fintech, health tech. The, the opportunity is that you take many of the major sectors, no other country in the world would have so many, so much depth and so much width of problems which are looking for solutions. Uh, it's, it's got everything you want. Uh, you know, probably China is excluding, but there is, which is education, finance, health, uh, all these places, there are, uh, the depth of the problem and the width of the problem is so enormous. So because the nature of the market, it affords or it's looking for people with solutions to solve all these problems. So if there is one industry which either gets mature or is showing signs of uh, internal issues, there will always be some other industry. If you are a horizontal person looking at solving solutions using the digital platform or technology, you can always transfer your knowledge and uh, the startup founders call it pivoting. Uh, it's a very common word and they do it so fast, founders. So I'm not as sanguine saying that, okay, you know, there's too much debt or there's too many issues. Uh, there are other areas in India which are looking for solutions. Out of your portfolio at 100x, what is your uh, rate of return so far? So we have invested in 80 so far because of COVID, you know, we kind of slowed down on investment. Uh, uh, we in fact invested in COVID time in nine startups without even meeting them. We didn't meet the founders, you know. That's a tough decision to take uh, at early stage, but we did it. Uh, so we haven't, you know, it's a five-year journey before we start exit, look at exit. But you know, these guys have gone on to majority of them have gone on to uh, second round and third round. So that's how, in the first five years, you look at success, saying how many have them have failed is to go to the next round. It's a clear failure. So a couple of them have not happened, but 95, 99, 96% have gone to raise second and third round. Uh, and that's the nature of success you look at. Absolutely. You have your life 
which is art and drama, literature seems to interest you. Can you give us a little insight as to how do you manage? I think I keep telling people, you know, whichever city you are in, you should go and support the local uh, art, local theatre, local literature. Uh, I am based in Mumbai, so I thought I must uh, support local theatre. You know, I just find theatre very interesting, you know. Uh, I keep saying uh, a weekend without going to the theatre is like a weekend without sunshine. <laughs> right. So, uh, if you have that strong feeling, you find time. And each one of you should uh, support uh, local theatre. Whether you are in Delhi, Bombay, whether you are in uh, Dimapur, whether you are in Calcutta, whichever place. Right. And uh, with that intention, I thought, let me support. So, I have produced three plays, Marathi plays. Uh, Two of them have regular shows in um, uh, Bombay, Pune. In fact, yesterday one of the play had a show in Ahmedabad, you know. Oh, so okay. there's audience everywhere. Uh, so uh, some of these, uh, you know, art and culture, particularly Marathi theatre and Bengali theatre, have very uh, rich tradition of a deep content. Right. And that's how I thought I'll support. So I have done it. It's uh, so enjoyable going to theatre. It's, it's really, uh, you switch off. Uh, from your real world. <laughs> Ninad, I'm very grateful to you. I hope that we have more such conversations. Thank you, Subhu. It was uh, wonderful chatting with you. You are a man of deep insights and I enjoyed this conversation. Do try our chips as well. I will. Kerala banana chips. And, you know, uh, if anyone is looking for early stage funding, you know, we are always, our doors are all open, always. Have a ch chat with us. More importantly, I think through such conversations, what happens is triggers uh, some thought in some person somewhere who listens. Right. And even if through this conversation, if we are able to germinate one Google from India, it's well worth it. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Startup is such a romantic idea in the world today. When you think hard why, you get the answer. The attempt at liberation, trying to find expression for human aspiration. And yet, it is a tragedy of humongous proportions as we see so little of its manifestation as a higher quality of life. One of the primary reasons for this is despite the availability of capital, the inability of our societies to redefine risk. Modern economy demands that risk be assessed as the risk of not doing something versus the risk of doing something. The very nature of a venture is risk that needs to be assured and that is the business of a venture capital. Once the issue of risk is resolved, everything else falls into place including the appropriateness of the stages of funding. There is a lot of confusion in the venture capital industry about early stage. Early stage in the life cycle of a startup is always conceptualization and engineering. But the trend is more towards commercialization and the venture capital industry is not to blame. Even today, applications are conjured and commercialized. There is a fundamental need to shift the focus from application to solutions. Where solutions don't have a customer, they have a human at the center of their design. Venture capital must be focused on increasing the pipeline of intellectual property which emerges from conceptualization and engineering, which then can 
blend itself into industrialization and commercialization as applications. The cost of capital is most effective when there is a pipeline of intellectual property, not a pipeline of customers. The vicious cycle of financial capital must be broken and this can happen only when investments are made at the sweet spot of value, intellectual and human capital. Thanks to Ninath for taking the time to record this episode. In our next episode, we explore the topic of information systems and digital technology with Professor Rahul Day, who teaches information systems, Dean of Programs and Chairperson, Office of International Affairs at IIMB. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. They are available on several channels and one of them might be your favorite. Do also write to us at FOW at GIGGR.app with your perspectives and feedback to keep this dialogue flowing. Meet you again, hashtag Tuesdays at 5 next week. Until then, chew on how you can visualize risk assurance to the relevance of the modern times.